Betty White. The biggest ass that ever lived. What a douche. <laughs> And we do have a Bloody Mary bar set up over there, if you are interested. Don't mind if I do. Get the hell out of here, Denton. Electronic old man. One-third vodka, one-third pickle juice, one-third Tabasco sauce. Good as hell, spicy as hell. It's a Donald Desmond signature drink. We did it. Ah, it happened. Ah, it finally happened. I lived, bitch. Here's to you, <laughs> Nicola and Bart. <laughs> no, they happened. were innocent. Betty, Betty White. White is guilty of many crimes. That's right, but she still, we put her in the guillotine. Uh, <laughs> guillotine, excuse me. Uh, and justice was served. <laughs> That's right. So now we're here, we're celebrating, we're having a great time, it's a new year. Yeah, I'm drinking a uh, George special right now, which is uh, whiskey and NOS uh, to Uh, celebrate. Well, that's great, I'm drinking a nice coffee. Uh, Unfortunately, there there was um, a very unfortunate casualty recently. Uh, The frappe machine at McDonald's is broken again. Oh no. Uh, So I'm going to make like David Carradine. Uh, tragic people should be talking about that nonstop on twitter.com i know it's such a tragedy it's yeah yeah ah i look i i want to give a little message to everybody out there in podcast land right now that if you ever had a dream and people told you that you know <laughs> it was impossible why are you trying what's wrong with you do something else with your life remember Betty White fucking died before this podcast ended, <laughs> and I won. I'm the goddamn hero here. <laughs> I, I think this is like definitive proof that the podcast curse is real. Yes, it is. Because like everything probably else, a good like, thing that we're ending the podcast because who knows what else we're capable of. Well, that's exactly it though. Like it only happened when it was just about to end. Like that's why we know it's real. Yeah. No, that's so like. It, in all seriousness, this is probably the absolute funniest moment in time that she could have died. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, right before, like, all the plans people were making to celebrate her 100th birthday, like, yeah. the whole TV station's doing, like, marathon stuff, like, on the 17th, and, like, people were ending up movie theaters. All that programming. Also <laughs> that she was just, like, like a- tears in the rain. Apparently she was, like, out doing promo stuff just, like, last week. I yeah. don't know, but yeah. actually, like, for us, probably the funniest, at least to me, would have been if it had been right after this ended. 
Oh, that would have been good too. Like but, it would have I would have been mad. But oh yeah, it, it would have been, been bad good. for you. But yeah. I would have thought it was very funny. Yeah. Well, now anytime something bad happens in my life, I just understand that it is the spirit of Betty White attaching itself to me like a ghoul in order to cause me misfortune. Yeah. Also, like for real, I'm not gonna be happy that I'm gonna keep seeing her pop up on Twitter for like a while now. Like people are still gonna talk about it, and like every year around this time it's gonna be like I'll remember Betty White. Oh, it's so tragic, Betty White. No, it's not. You would think so, but I, I, I don't actually think there will. Like, you haven't seen like remembering David Bowie like every year, and he's a much you, better you figure should. than Betty White. Yeah, yeah, you should. Well, I mean, I think part of why that would be the case is similar to Robin Williams. She did die uh, hanging herself while jacking off, and so. <laughs> yeah, sure. I yeah, think sorry, that, I said David Carradine, I should have said I'm going to make, like, Robin Williams. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the, the tragic circumstances of her taking her own life like that is probably going to have her, you know, pop back up in the in the news cycle at least once a year. Well, also means she's going to hell. <laughs> like, that's how it works. Oh, she was going there anyway, buddy. I mean, haven't <laughs> you seen, uh, what is it? What Dreams May Come? Speak of Robin Williams. <laughs> No, I haven't actually. Oh, he he's uh, like he's a, I think an author who dies and like Cuba yeah, Gooding no. Jr. is an angel, but his wife like killed herself, so she's in hell. Oh, well, that's sad. Yeah. Well, it's a bummer of a movie. This is not a bummer of I a only, podcast. I often though, confuse because... it with that. Um, was it the one where the school bus full of kids dies? <laughs> I don't know which one that is at all. Toys. yeah it's toys (laughs) it's jumanji actually um hook that was it (laughs) julia roberts was trying to drive the bus and she can't women can't drive julia roberts he can't drive that bus get out of there you know it's great we can say anything we want now and don't have to worry about fear of reprisal because this is we're going dark Oh yeah, who fucking cares? Uh, what are yeah. you gonna do? Rate us another one on Apple iTunes? Go ahead. Oh no, I didn't care about the first one. Well, I so I did some research on that and found out that it did actually coincide precisely with us putting up the uh, Ben Quadraneros episode. And so I think that <laughs> Greg Proops fans are rating yeah. us. Yeah, no, I think like actually I went on some extended Nintendo rant in that episode, and so if I had a yes, that was actually it was somebody got Maybe. upset. Or we had like some sort of audio issue that day, which is also possible, but I don't think uh, so. I, I think the only one I'm aware of I marked as such and I we didn't want to rewrite the entire I want thing. to say that episode description does say that we have audio issues. It's been that a while be. since I looked at it. Hey look, uh it doesn't matter. A one star rating is better than no ratings because at least it means someone listened. That's so, right. <laughs> thank you for saying that our podcast is garbage. It means you listened. Anyway, this is the final episode, and I don't really have anything planned. We've just been riding high off of the uh, the adrenaline boost from Betty White's uh, timely passing. <laughs> It's a uh, it's a timely it's uh, a timely thing. It's a timely thing. Yeah. No, it's man. Man. I really wonder man. what's gonna happen with all that programming that was planned around this, like for real. Oh, they'll the, just shift the, it to be like in memory of Betty White on what would have been her hundredth birthday. But it's also just funny everyone planning to like go to that stuff or indulge in that stuff and, and celebrate and now it's instead a fucking funeral. Yeah. 
the tone of it has entirely changed. I also think it's just very ironic that like three days before she died, that quote was going around about like, I think the reason I've lived so long is because I don't need anything green. And then fucking in the ground three days later. Yeah, she okay. said that like she doesn't eat anything green and that is her secret to living a long life. That doesn't and, seem right. And then okay. she and then she promptly died. So she yeah. knew she was going to have to do more press tours with Ryan Reynolds. Oh no. And quickly killed over. Yeah, I I would want to die too. Well, do we have anything else to say about it? I'm still watching Enterprise regardless, I guess. I I'm just and Why? You're I'm free. Half, you don't have I'm, to do it. I'm happily. The Vulcan's got really big titties, Larry. I, my hands <laughs> well, are. Well, I know that. <laughs> okay. Dude, I keep thinking, like, oh god, this is just another episode where Captain Archer has been unjustly detained and is on his way to a prison colony. But then Depole starts walking around that ship, man. Okay. Uh, well, what can what can I say? Anyway, we both watched a movie. We could talk about that. Have you? Oh yeah, that's right. The, the Gremlins Three: The Dawn of Desmond. Of we course, already talked about that last oh, week. Right. Yeah, yep, so. well, I mean, it's Gremlins it time. Uh, sure, we could. I'm always I mean, down it, to talk about Gremlins. The end of the year, on December 31st, I sent it out in style. I rewatched uh, Gremlins Three: Dawn of Desmond and played some Devil May Cry Five. Ooh. Still I don't to play that again. Really great game. Yeah. Really great Nico game that needs wife. to Oh, Larry. <laughs> She's a video game character. What? You can't date her. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm gonna prove you wrong. Nico's gonna sell you a hand to jack off with because she ain't interested, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> she already has that vibrator hand. Oh wait, what? I forgot about that. That's part of the DLC, so you probably didn't have it in the original one, but was it like Buster Cannon DLC? Yeah, well, I might have had it. Maybe it was called like Sweet Surrender, and it's just like a Hitachi vibrator. That's yeah. pretty good. It says it's because Nero's normal hands are too rough for Kyrie, and so <laughs> she made him that. That was nice of her. It like heals. You... you turn it on, and it heals you slightly as it vibrates. <laughs> Does it make okay? Does it make the controller vibrate the entire time that you have it on? Though I don't know because I only got it once and turned it on and immediately got hit because it was in a uh, boss fight. I wasn't needed, sure what it actually did. You need to test that out because if that's yeah. something that I made, it would be it would just any time that you have it on, the controller vibration would be going. Yeah, sure. Need the um that thing that came with res. <laughs> yes, the uh the trans trans, trans vibrator? vibrator. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember if they actually just outright put vibrator in the well, name that was of that before like, everyone knew about back then well, well yeah they did but i'm saying it wasn't yeah. really a uh thing like it would be later i i guess well uh i watched the matrix uh resurrections also remember in uh well you probably did not get to this point but yakuza like a dragon one of the characters has a move where she pulls out a vibrator and uses it to heal herself i'm going back to gamestop and asking for my copy of yakuza <laughs> like a dragon back <laughs> uh, we, yeah no. we watched uh the matrix resurrections the fourth movie in the venerable matrix franchise yeah it's a good movie yeah 
people getting real mad about the movie, I think, are the exact kind of people Lena Wachowski wanted to get mad about the movie. So, sure. mission accomplished, Lena. Uh huh. Lena. La- Lana. Lana. La- it's Lana, Lana or Lena. It's definitely not Lena. I don't know where don't, you're getting that. I've never heard anyone say her her name or heard her say her name. But I've the, heard of the, the name Lana. The one clip I saw of her recently was on like the red carpet for this thing, and it was mostly just her <laughs> mumbling. That's really good though. Where he's like, the the interviewer is like, "Why did you want to make a new Matrix movie?" And she's like, "Uh." <laughs> well, I did. I did see that thing about how her like her mom died, and I guess yeah. I've had you know, you know, the, the, something about wanting to bring people back from the dead and all that, and and the familiarity of seeing them again. But also, the studio was going to do it with or without them, and I know that because characters turn to the camera at multiple points <laughs> in this movie and say, "Warner Brothers would have done this with or without you." Yeah, that it was really funny seeing news about that come out later. It's like, yeah, d- did you watch the movie? And you, Agent Smith says. Well, our parent company, Warner Brothers, is going to do this whether you want to or not. So it's not like subtle at all. No, no, it, it, that's actually I think my biggest problem with the movie is it could have done with more subtlety. I don't like how heavy handed it is giving you its mission statement and yeah. what the themes of the movie is about. Oftentimes, again, looking directly at the camera to tell you. Uh, yep. But then the amount of people who seem to have not fucking understood anything that the movie is actually about. I get it. I get why she felt that maybe she needed characters to plainly explain to current movie audiences what the point of the movie is. The, I mean, the weird thing is, though, I have not looked, but I bet there's a bunch of Ma- <clears throat> the Matrix Resurrections ending explained videos. And oh, the thing is, sure. the ending of this is completely self-explanatory. There's nothing confusing about it. It should be Matrix Resurrections beginning explained because that's the stuff that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. What was the deal with the modal? Why did he remake Smith and Morpheus? Why, why is Smith here? Morpheus he saw that he saw that episode of the Eric Andre show and it triggered something in his brain. And so then he was just like, wait a minute, that seems familiar to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. What? He, he did that. I, so the way that I understood all that stuff is he, some part of him knew that he was in the actual matrix. And so going through those motions, programming that stuff was some sort of like, I guess instinct or some sort of drive within him, like the part of him that remembered that this is all just a fantasy. And so he was. Okay. So, so then like, how did bugs and the crew like get into that, like sub matrix basically that I don't know. Uh, but also I really like that it's bugs as in bugs, bunny as in (laughs) a property of Warner brothers (laughs) entertainment. Also, finally (laughs) a hot lady in the matrix. Yes. Took a long time. No, I apologies to the Kyrian Moss stands out there, but and eh, not my Kyrian, type. Kyrian Moss is a handsome lady, Larry. Sure, sure, uh, and we all know what that means. <laughs> 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 no, that's Look, all I'm, all I'm all I'm saying is Kyrian Moss can totally like whip- about that time on Star Trek when uh, Shatner was like, she's a very <laughs> handsome woman look man, not, not everything goes back to star trek but yes actually i am referencing <laughs> that specific episode of star trek the original series okay yeah um 
No, I I do think that's funny that it's it's Bugs as in Bugs Bunny. The amount of like Metal Gear Solid Four quick flashbacks that they do in this thing, I half expected they would have done like flashes to Bugs Bunny like turning the gun barrel around and blowing <laughs> Daffy Duck's face up. It would just be like a half second shot of Big Chungus they put in there, like just just to make people angry. Just hear a little bit of ass titty ass and titties. Yeah. Um, oh man, no, I I have seen a lot of people act like this is the worst of the Matrix movies. I don't understand no. that. The, the third one is interminable to me. That movie is such a slog to get through. I don't I like the not... second one, and I don't know why people do. But I kind of like the second one. Uh, did you it's like not... seeing the vampires show back up and uh, rebooted? Yeah, I guess well, I we're mean... spoiling the movie now. It's not rebooted. It's Resurrections. It should have been rebooted. Yeah, but, no, I'm, um, I got the Red Letter Media thing in my yeah. head. Well, yeah. watching the Red Letter Media thing afterwards is funny because I I am completely on Mike's side. Like, everything he said about it, I agree with. We'll get oh, yeah. into it. But, yeah, um, yeah I kind of like Merovingian showing up as, like, a weird hobo man. I like but, him threatening to do spin-off sequel movies and build a cinematic universe. Yeah. As he's ranting and raving about as he walks off the stage. Uh-huh. Um but like I liked all of the the new crew and yeah. stuff that they were pretty good. Um You don't get a new, whole new lot Morpheus of stuff is them. great. Yes. I do really like New Morpheus a lot. I'm a big uh, Larry Fish fan, and I think it's a bummer yeah. that he's not in this movie. I do like his hilarious uh, which pill you want to take statue, though, that they have. <laughs> yes, like a Christo the Redemptor statue yeah. of Morpheus. Yeah, like, ah, oh, he's doing the pose. Guys, he's doing the pose. Remember the pills? Uh-huh. Uh, which is a thing that they even make a joke about when he comes out of that bathroom at the start of the movie and says the same line he said to Neo for the first time in, in the first Matrix. And he's like, Ah, it's funny though. I'm coming out of the bathroom. Yeah, it's a little. I subverted your expectations. I subverted your expectations, Neo. This movie's great. (laughs) Yeah, this has a lot of uh, ideas I really like in it, like the um, the sort of botnet thing they do. uh, Yes, where they activate swarm mode, and then all the people they become zombies, basically. That whole um, sequence, that dude getting up out of bed and his wife just kind of watching him run to the window and yeah. jump the hell out of it. Yeah, it's um, kind of like it's like that part at the end of Fast and Furious Eight, was it where they had all the remote controlled cars? They're just like busting yeah. out of buildings and stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, I I liked that bit a lot. Like, there's not ton of action sequences in this movie i guess like there's no. there's some pretty long stretches where it's just characters and rooms kind of talking to each other yeah um most of the action stuff is kind of loaded into about the last third of the film but i thought that they were all pretty solid like i liked uh smith and uh and neo fighting like in that kind of underground area almost looks like yeah. the uh, subway station for the first movie but um, oh, almost uh, yeah. <laughs> almost a little bit little bit so you're talking about the metal gear solid 4 style flashbacks and i thought those were mostly annoying but the ones i did like were specifically the ones with agent smith um which also i think helps because that's like oh okay this actually is like the same agent smith it's just they recast him because hugo weaving didn't want to have anything to do with this i guess he's busy on broadway or whatever it is he's doing yeah i was kind of curious about that because i I guess I don't get the exact reason that they wanted to recast Hugo Weaving and Larry Fish 
like specifically. I don't know if it's partly that. Well, you know, with Larry Fish, I think it's just because it's later and he would be dead. Yeah, well, Naomi is still alive. She's a fun little old lady. Yeah. She's walking walking around in Star Trek Morpheus. She's walking around in Star Trek old person makeup and doing a Star Trek old person voice. That's it's more like Crispin Freeman old man makeup. (laughs) (laughs) George McFly ass Niobe. It's entirely unconvincing. They do like they I think they do like some amount of like de-aging work on uh on Keanu Reeves and uh Kyrian Moss, and it doesn't look that bad, but it's only because they're like de-aging them a little bit. I didn't think they did. I, I thought that I... they did. I thought that they did, but maybe I'm wrong. He looks a lot more like fresh faced and younger when he actually gets pulled out of the pod. And so I thought they did um, some some sort of de-aging. Maybe it was even just done with like makeup or something like that, but he seemed like Maybe younger. he does he did not look as old as he does in Bill and Ted Three. Although I think no, maybe not. that that's maybe because of like the contrast between older Keanu and like still having the long hair. And stuff while here he's like shaved like he was yeah maybe in the originals that might be it but um, yeah I, I know what you mean now yes when they, he was out of the pod he did look younger but i'm not sure yeah um but yes i, I was gonna say the uh the flashback stuff worked for agent smith uh, and specifically that underground fight because it's like you know he's relearning everything it's coming back to him yeah. so you get these shots of them fighting in the subway I, I still like, though, as far as very self-referential humor uh, towards the end where they're just like, hey, can you like still fly? And he just kind of like hops a foot off the ground. It's like, no. Nah. I like that. The, the humor in this movie is generally pretty good. Um, yeah. It, again, like, I, I Which think is good that... Because the action usually is not. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like that fight with Smith underground. I do like the bit with the bodies jumping out the windows. I, I think that's like, as far as the action sequences go, the one like really standout memorable. Bit. Yeah. Um, that's this movie's version of that, like 100 agent Smith's fight in the park. Like it's well, I mean, nothing. That's not good. I it's not good, but it's also good. It's a okay. terrible <laughs> fight sequence, but I love it for how stupid it is in yeah. concept and in okay. execution. Yeah, when I, Neo turns into a Gumby and then fights all the other Gumbies. I like when like Neo's beating them up and it just kind of cuts to like a little bit outside of the park and there's just more Agent Smiths coming in like, get them, boys! <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's pretty good. It's stupid, so, as, stupid as shit and it's like, I think the one bit of them doing like effects work that probably has held up the least out of that yeah. entire original trilogy. So when I say I liked... Um, reloaded the thing is it's mostly like a lot of the action sequences and reload like that part in the palace where he's fighting those guys he does the whole bullet stopping thing and they're flying around like freaks uh the highway chase is fantastic Uh, i i like the key master he's a cool little dude uh you you get the merovingian saying it's like wiping your ass with silk i love it (laughs) <laughs> you know uh you get monica bellucci there you get the orgasm cake you get a whole bunch of weird stuff and reloaded that's interesting i should probably rewatch reloaded um it's it, it's obviously not as good as the first one it's much worse but it's there's enough in there that i'm like yeah it's all right well the the first i think kind of makes my short list of basically perfect movies like yeah. it is up there with empire strikes back ghostbusters gremlins 2 like just mm-hmm. the the really good stuff where it's like this is perfectly paced there's not one part of this movie that i feel 
drags or loses my interest. Right. It's... You've got your classics. You've got your uh, your Godfathers, your uh, yeah. Fargo's, your Gremlins twos, your yeah, the Matrixes. But then that that second one, so that was like a, a very similar Super experience. Mario Brothers, the movies. Uh, that is also that, basically a perfect movie. Absolutely. Uh, actually, no, that doesn't make my... So Mario Brothers used to be a perfect movie, and then I found out they cut the whole thing with the, the pizza <laughs> the pe- boy. Yeah. And then it's Terrible. just like, uh, I don't know, man. You know, it's good, but what it could have been was even better. Um. No, I, I think I had a very similar experience with the Matrix sequels that I did with the Star Wars prequels, where I was really excited for them, then got into the, the theater and started watching them and realized, like, oh, this is bad, actually. <laughs> well, Matrix Reloaded was the first uh, R-rated movie I ever saw in the theater, uh, because also those movies shouldn't be rated R. It's no. like a big no. thing. <laughs> but... Um... Well, that's sort of like the ever-changing nature of uh, the ratings board. There's a lot of older stuff where it's like, oh, this shouldn't be even rated PG-13. This should be just like a normal PG I mean, the, movie. The first Matrix, like, there's very little, like, actual graphic violence in it. Like, there's basically no swearing, even. It's weird that it's rated R. You got Joey Pants eating that steak, though, which is mm. extremely erotic. And so <laughs> I true. can understand, yeah, not wanting to have younger audiences present uh, yeah. for that. Um, But, uh... The thing is, like, Reloaded and Revolutions just came out like six months apart or something, and yeah, so they were uh, really close, weren't they? Yeah, which yeah. is also great because they were like a few years after the first movie. I didn't see a first movie when it came out, obviously. I mean, I was like eight or nine or something. Um, but uh, by the time Reloaded was coming out, I had seen the first one, and so I was excited for it, uh, and had a good time with Reloaded. And then I saw Revolutions. It was like, well. That was terrible. It's called Revolutions because it makes you do a full res. Le- <laughs> I fucked it up. <laughs> it makes you do a full leprechaun and walk away. Yup, it's Gremlins uh, time. Another perfect movie. Not <laughs> not the not the first leprechaun, mind you. The first Which leprechaun. One? It's got some problems. Uh, the leprechaun two, where he goes to Las Vegas, that's where he gets his go kart and he's driving it around. <laughs> and of course, okay. he's at the coffee shop and he uses the espresso machine to kill somebody. Of course, uh, that is easily like just a, a perfectly paced movie, uh, perfectly written. You know, you got Warwick Davis in it, which of course uh, <laughs> you got your Warwick Davises. You've got your uh, Jennifer Aniston's Mother of Gizmo no, or Mother one. of Desmond. Sorry. Uh, um, oh, there's a there's a crossover for you, Leprechaun yeah. versus Gizmo, because the Jennifer Aniston connection. He that's uh, right. He wants his revenge because Gizmo stole his woman. Sure. And also, his gold. <laughs> Gizmo stole his gold? It's all in this uh, treatment that I've written up. I'll let you look at it after we finish recording the podcast. Okay. Uh, I would appreciate uh, some notes. Uh, yeah, no, yeah I, I have not watched Revolutions since the theater. Like I got yeah. the Matrix Trilogy Blu-ray set, and I watched the first two, and that was it. Oh, yeah, and the Animatrix, I, which the Animatrix is like the second best thing in the franchise yeah i have not seen the sequel movie since they came out uh which is why i probably should try to just give them a shot again because it's been long enough so for I, me I at wanted, least it's it's what, the first matrix and then it's this fourth one is is probably the second best for me i and matrix is good but it's also been a long time since i've seen it and i remember like virtually nothing about it other than like the reason the machines went to war was like they were discriminated against yeah basically it's like 
sort of a slavery metaphor thing. Yeah, but does kind that ever like Detroit like come up again? In the, does that kind of come up again in the rest of the movies? Or is it just like, oh, that concept's in the Animatrix and then we don't talk about it anymore? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I know from what I remember, that whole sort of origin story was basically supposed to have been the second movie. And huh. then um, they were like, no, we need more Neo and Trinity. And so it sort of ended up becoming reloaded. But um, watching this made me want to rewatch the first one. But then I remembered, oh, right, the new 4K version they came out fixed the terrible green tint over the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I got to wait till the 4K goes on sale and get that. I still can't believe they did that. Like, it, that's, I guess people misremembering that thing too and just thinking like oh it's the matrix the matrix was colored green throughout the entire movie it's nope. like no the color grading was not that heavily green in the first one like at all it wasn't in the first one like basically at all it was yeah. in the second and third was when they went with sure. the green yeah apparently even uh in those later ones the new 4k ones like tones it back quite a bit which is good because yeah. the clips they show here from the second and third movie i'm like Ugh. Yeah, you know precisely which one they are coming from. Yeah, it's not the first. Uh, no, I, I I like that they basically Gremlins two to the movie. I know that that is yep. we have revealed that we have watched the Red Letter Media review and they they talk about that up front uh, with that review. But this is something you I'm sure you can find the timestamps. I said this like a week before that review came out. <laughs> like as soon as I started watching it, I got like half an hour in, ran out of the room, got my phone, was just like. Larry, they gremlins this movie. <laughs> they gremlins yeah. it up. Yep. Uh, like I just mean, the thing is, we like to compare basically everything to Gremlins two anyway. So yeah, even even the slightest like, oh, it's Warner Brothers movie, so it's like Gremlins two. <laughs> yeah. But, well, you know, this does start with a. I mean, you've got Bugs. She's right there. Yeah, yeah Bugs should've, Bugs should've, in the movie. Should have another character Brothers. named Daffy. They should have. Yeah, and he would have said the N-word, and then the movie would have had been rated R. He would have googly eyes and try to like <laughs> do dentistry on somebody. No, I I mean, it's, it's Gremlins 2 in the sense... It's, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is the thing that kind of started all this off. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I've not seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh, it's so good. I always reference Gremlins two for this sort of thing, but the 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 idea basically being well, Gremlins two perfected the formula. Yeah, though. but the idea basically being okay, you want to take this thing, you want to franchise it, you want to run it into the ground. I created it. I'm not going to let you. So I'm going to get real fucking weird with this sequel. Yeah, and I basically want to do nothing else with it. Um. There's a lot of meta commentary that is in Gremlins 2. There's more meta commentary, obviously, in Matrix 4, because like a lot of that first third of the movie is just them straight up talking about the Matrix as a concept, as a piece of media. Uh, I love bullet time. And you know what? They're right. Yes. Which, by the way, I like that uh, Neil Patrick Harris's super bullet time is just basically (laughs) hitting a pause button. It's real good. He's in the time stop like Dio. By the way, uh, he's very good in this. He's it's, great. It's, it's easy to be like, oh, Neil Patrick Harris, here comes Doogie Howser again. But he's really good as this like smarmy prick, which yeah, yeah. leans into it um, as basically the new architect of this Matrix. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the other architect. Like He maybe got fired. Splowed up or something. I don't know. Yeah. He got he got derosed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> they... 
he shot him with that little laser and he just like stood there for a full fucking minute while he got torn apart mm-hmm. pixel by pixel. He, um, well, he had to get in a light cycle race with somebody and they're like, <laughs> you know, they did a turn in front of me. It's like, no, it's Kentucky Fried Chicken ass in the fucking light cycle. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be really good. It's pretty good. <laughs> I want to see him throw that fucking frisbee around. Um, no, I, which the architect's whole thing in this is basically he's the studio equivalent of the smug prick who's like, I figured out how to bring this franchise back, and the board of directors is letting me. Yeah. So fucking you know play nice. Yeah. Well, his whole speech at the end of the movie is is basically just like, yeah, people don't want anything original anymore. They want this, the, the comfort of the same dull crap that they've been getting spoon-fed now for decades. Uh, which is accurate considering the reaction this movie has gotten from a lot of people who clearly just wanted like a straight played by the books matrix sequel. I think it's kind of what you get for like the last hour you do. And that stuff's still good. But like what I wanted from this thing when I saw that first trailer was for them to gremlins to this bitch. Yep. And they did. When when I I saw what I wanted, where it was where it showed like, you know them in front of that movie screen where it was yes. showing the first movie yeah i was like okay i see what they're going to yeah. do here i was like i i don't know if that's the thing that i absolutely hate in in media where it's like reviewing footage of something that occurred but the footage that they're reviewing is the footage that's shot for the movie like i mm-hmm. i hate that like that's the thing that they do and like oh the uh, star trek episode oh something happened on the bridge <laughs> of the ship so they're checking like they're checking the logs they're checking the security cam footage but it's not shot like security cam footage it's just like bits taken from the yeah. scene where the event like i fucking hate that yeah me they, too the the like where are the cameras i understand where the cameras are in the real world where they filmed it but where are the cameras in the enterprise deck because it's a different fucking shot every time it doesn't make any sense you tell me there's just one camera that's like always trained on picard's face are you insane yeah there is that's fair i have i do have the uh manual and i should check maybe there is a chapter about where the fucking cameras are on the bridge it, it hangs down it's like gypsy from mystery science theater <laughs> that'd be pretty good I always just figured that they were like they had a bunch of little microscopic cameras like floating around or something future cameras or like little marbles. And then like, you know, if you're not looking where you're going and your mouth is open, you accidentally swallow one of them. (laughs) Then the tiny camera operators get an adventure. It's like inner space. (laughs) Let's check the security. They have to shrink people down and put them in those little marble cameras. (laughs) We got to check the security camera footage. Whoa, what the fuck is going on? No, anyway, Firing I didn't know. Firing up the, the security camera and being like, huh, Worf needs to add more fiber to his diet. <laughs> well, he's drinking all that prune juice. I'm sure he's fine. I, I, uh, yeah, that's true. No, I didn't know if it's that one, like one of those things like, oh, we hooked Neo's brain up to this machine and we're like pulling the memories out of him. And so we're seeing all this stuff. Or if it is like the Matrix movie exists no. as a movie within the Matrix. And that well, is what I was hoping it was, which is more or less what it is it's a game in this yeah that, that makes no sense i don't know why they didn't just make it a movie and the wachowskis it's a game the wachowskis love video games well that's true um, a lot so also before this movie came out i said like matrix i posted on twitter matrix resurrections looks wild and it was that clip from the end of path of neo where the wachowskis appear and they're like Hey, are you ready for some uh, Hulk versus Galactus action? 
like and that's basically what this is though yeah. <laughs> it's just like um but yeah it, it is weird they decided to make it yeah quote a game i guess at this point you know, you have photorealistic graphics and i would imagine it's basically like a david cage game where it's oh just, no you know press wiggle the stick here to make neo block bullets whatever it doesn't really matter but anyway uh, neo won a game award for he won a keely and then decided to kill himself <laughs> which is the most accurate part of this movie it's the funniest fucking part of this entire movie i had a pause and i was laughing way too hard at that yeah just straight up walking off the side of that building that and um, also to disguise him apparently they made him look like the oh my god he admit it guy from <laughs> um i think you should leave which is pretty good well that was like confusing to me too for a bit because they're just like did you base neo off of yourself and it's just like he doesn't like he looks exactly like neo of course he did and then they finally like show his reflection it's like oh it's a different guy yeah you see his reflection like a couple of times pretty briefly and then that part where you see him walk off he's like in that other form i might have been looking down at my phone typing gremlins 2 at you in all capital letters (laughs) there's a bit it's gremlins time pretty brief every time but there's a bit where he's in the bathroom and he's dumping the pills or something and you can see it in the reflection in the mirror Mm. um but yeah that was where i was like oh okay so he's like a different guy in here yeah. um i i don't know if the, the reason they didn't go with it being a movie is maybe so much of this movie has lena or however the hell you sell, you say her name i i don't God i don't i don't know is it lana either lana or lana i don't know it's i just know it's definitely not lena because it's not a name okay. lana. it is but it would be like with an i but it's it's l-a-n-a right yeah there's like three different ways to pronounce that in my no, brain. No, there are two. There's like four different ways to pronounce that in my it's, brain. It's Laika. She's the dog that went up in the shuttle. I always say Lana because I knew somebody in college who had that yeah, name sure. and it was it was Lana. Yeah, I knew Lana too. Okay, well. I've never Lena. heard of Elena. God. <laughs> Wasn't it like the Superman character, Lena Lane? No, Lana Lang. Okay. <laughs> Lana put so much of herself in this movie. Obviously, there's there's a lot of, you know, she's in Neo's role. They, they want her to make the Matrix 4. Very literally, they say, make the Matrix 4. Do it. You have <laughs> the, to make the Matrix 4. That part, though, where Christina Ricci appears for one scene is so good. Yeah, it where is. she's like, our focus groups say that they want originality and freshness. So that's what we want you to bring with Matrix 4. <laughs> it's very poochy. There, that whole like planning meeting too where it basically is just running through like, okay, well, what did the Matrix mean for different people? And so you have, you know, you have some go like, well, it's it's actually this whole allegory for, you know, being transgender. And then you got a bunch of guys over there going like, no, nah, man, it's about shooting like sick ass guns, fucking explosions, <laughs> Woo, bullet time. Yeah. Like, it's great because I guess like, you know, kind of all those things is what the Matrix was to some extent. But what it kind was of. for for the Wachowskis is very different for the Wachowskis as apart from everybody else. Sure. So there's a lot of Neo I, I just still... kind of being there and just being like, uh, not really, but okay. <laughs> I still don't really see that. Like to me, it it just seems like more of general identity, like more yeah. than any sort of trans thing yeah. in particular. 
Um, yeah. And it's much more about the sort of corporate exploitation, like yeah. literally the part about, you know, machines sucking you dry and keeping you in pods and all of that stuff, like cubicles, blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 is definitely like making fun of the people who are like, yeah, they flip and they shoot and it's sick. Yeah. But my understanding of that scene was it's her in the room hearing other people talk about what her movie is about. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, sure. I guess you can see how all these things might be what it is, but what those movies are to the Wachowskis is very personal to them. Obviously yeah. like this fourth one, it being to her much more about, you know, dealing with, death of family members and wanting to see people back in your life that are gone. And that is probably not the read. I think most people would have had of this thing, like without having that context, because so much of it is just like, Hey, the studio is here and you need to fucking do a fourth one of these things. And yeah. so it seems like it is far more about that meta commentary of what it's like to make a movie right now. And like, that's still certainly like a significant part of it. But, like, I, I also get the rest of that stuff about, like, you know, bringing people back who are gone. You can, so, in addition to Gremlins 2, one of the things I had assumed <laughs> this before it came out was that would be, like, Twin Peaks Season 3. And I think that part of it in particular is very similar to this, where yeah. it's that these characters are very important to her in the same way that the Twin Peaks characters are very important to David Lynch. Except while he uh, took that opportunity to trap Cooper in a new, like, alternate reality for maybe forever, uh, Lana took this opportunity to give everyone a happy ending, basically. Yeah. Uh, which is nice. Yeah, I like that ending. Yeah. I like it a she lot. Ki she kicks Neil Patrick Harris's jaw off. Like That's, she said she's going to. <laughs> it's real good. Yeah. I like it a lot. But also, by the way, uh, in addition to Gremlins 2 is a terrific phrase. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, now, that's how I, everything should start, basically. Anytime someone says that, I'm just like, all right, a good fucking opinion is coming up because we've <laughs> just invoked Gremlins 2 yet again. I need someone to count how many times we said Gremlins 2 in this episode of the podcast. I bet a lot. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, no, I, I... The Matrix, the new batch. I think that... No, it'd be Matrix, the new dot bat. Oh, that'd be good. Um... <laughs> I think that this movie uh, thematically deals with a lot of stuff that I find very interesting. Again, if if I'm now getting into my issues with the movie, there is too much of the characters turning around and explicitly saying what it's about. And at a certain point, it's just like, I, I get it. You can communicate these things in a much more subtle way. It mm -hmm. would probably be better for it. Again, the conceit to that is movie audiences right now are fucking stupid. And so I guess you kind of have to write it that way. You practically need at this point flashing subtitles at the bottom of the screen that say, this is what this scene is about. <laughs> uh -huh. And even then, people would miss the point. There was there was one tweet in particular I saw where, because uh, Trinity, part of her being trapped in this new Matrix is that they've constructed a whole life for her. She has a uh, kids. She has a husband. Her husband's name is Chad, which is... <laughs> That's pretty funny. Mwah. I, I was not aware, though, that that was Chad Stileski, uh, director of John Wick, which makes it even better. Yes, it does. Um, I knew that. I thought that you would have picked up on that. But yeah, that's... No, I, I don't like know what he looks like. 
I just like that he shows up. It's the director, and his name is fucking Chad because it's <laughs> yeah. the director's name, and also, of course, that name just works perfectly for what he is in that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like she, part of her understands that she is in a constructed reality, just the same way that Neo does, and her meetings with Neo are slowly stro- starting to like pull this understanding out of her and force her to cope with it. And so, at the end of the movie when she is deciding to no longer be part of the matrix, she abandons her fake family because she understands that family is not real. This life has been constructed. They are just AI. They mean nothing to her. They never meant anything to her. She has been tricked into believing that any of this did. And then there's some tweet going like, I can't believe she just abandoned her family like that. It's like (laughs) a a switch was flipped. It's like, Uh yes, that's the scene. Yep. You, King shark of a man, you absolute <laughs> idiot. <laughs> they, um, something I wasn't clear on is like how many of those people are just purely AI and how many are actual people in pods somewhere. It seems like a significant number of them are AI considering how many were just like tossing themselves out well, windows. At the end. So that, that was what I wondered if like only the AI ones can do that. They say like they triggered like every bot or something, but I wasn't sure. Cause like yeah. that, that, um, that train, like everybody on it went nuts so that's um, why i think that there's a significant like isn't yeah. there something in the movie that basically says it's a more efficient version of the matrix because they it do. has both neo and trinity so you probably need to have like a lot less people plugged into it maybe but there was also a line when they're in um io where bugs says something like niobe's been too focused on growing strawberries and not enough on freeing more minds and so it seems to imply like they still don't have that many people I guess it it then, you know, wonder how large is the matrix? Is it encompassing the entire globe? Is it just that one city? Like, I'm not sure. Because if it's, you know, if it's a global thing, if it's a whole damn world worth of matrix, you could still have like a lot of bots in that, but you would also then have a very significant number of actual human beings that are still in pods. That's true. So. Yeah, I, I don't really know. You see, like, some of those pods in the first one, or, like, in the first movies, but, of course, like, compared to the actual global population, even what you see there would be pretty small, so um, I don't know. These are the real questions, and uh, people in tweet threads cinema sinning, like, doing cinema sins RP, trying to figure out, like, what the movie <laughs> is about. And even then, like, it, it doesn't really matter that much in the end. Not really. Like, this is a fairly self-contained movie. There really doesn't need to be any more Matrixes. And considering how this has performed, probably there will not be any more Matrixes. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, but no, like, other things that I kind of didn't like about the, the movie. The Don't only worry, other... it's okay. The new Spider-Man uh, did great. And uh, it's brought a new omicron surge upon the country congratulations to spider-man thank you uh, spider-man for winning best picture and all the other categories at the oscar this year you did it i i believed in you tom holland and i think it's great that you told mark the scorsese to suck his own dick that was cool (laughs) and also hang himself like robin williams i still think it's funny Tom Holland throwing shade when I had to see that Uncharted trailer before the Spider-Man movie was like, oh, this looks fucking terrible. Well, a lot of his movies have been the Oscar conversation. God. By the way, the whole thing with like the uh, the cargo plane sequence with all the stuff hanging out the back of it and how that came from like a James Bond movie and then they just took it wholesale for the game. Yeah. And now they're taking it wholesale for yeah. the game and they're yeah. putting it in a movie. Yeah. yeah. 
and I feel like I'm going insane. It's just an Ouroboros or Ouroboros, whatever. Uh, they're going to five. Remember that? Jesus Christ. Trade some eggs and watch the Matrix. Mark Wahlberg's going to punch a boulder. <laughs> Hope we get got, to fight Tom Holland in a volcano. I got to the part of Yakuza 4, by the way, where you're like uh, doing mining stuff in the sewers and you have to like punch the boulders. What? Do you not remember this? I don't. There's a whole like subquest where like there's a guy underground and he's trying to like well, dig into like ground. There is. Uh, he's trying to like dig into these tunnels because his father said that in like an old air raid shelter from World War II, there was a treasure in there, but they've all been sealed off. And so you, big strong guy, your uh, Sejima, yeah, you pick up the pickaxe and you just start like busting down these walls. But like the second one, uh, the old man's like, okay, I'll do the pickaxing this time. But like the way this rock formation is, a lot of boulders are probably going to drop down. So I need you to make sure that those don't hit me. So you're just <laughs> this breaks, punching I don't boulders. This, but this not... is very Yakuza side quest. Yes. But like as soon as just like I need you to punch these boulders, I started having like flashbacks to Resident Evil 5 specifically. <laughs> uh, anyway, Yakuza 4 is a pretty good game. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, they, I think the other thing that I really kind of just didn't like about uh, The Matrix 4 is I don't like the actor they got for Agent Smith. I thought he was pretty good. I, I, I'm a, I didn't I'm a care Groff for him. fan. I like him in Mindhunter. I liked him here. Uh, it's pretty different from Hugo Weaving, yeah. but I feel like it kind of works, especially since he's you know the corporate guy. Uh, there, was, there was part of my like fantasies for this movie like talk about people wanting it to just play it completely straight and be the matrix my version of that was i was hoping he would somehow absorb the new architect and then he would turn into hugo weaving again like he got his powers back that would have been good yeah and then it wouldn't you know, have made any have, sense it wouldn't have made any sense but he would have had a final fight uh but I do kind of like what they did with it instead, where they end up having kind of an alliance. I like that Smith and Neo have a sort of understanding with each other now. It's, it's like a Goku-Vegeta thing. Yeah. Like, they're, they're just at that point in their relationship where they want to beat the piss out of each other, but maybe not kill each other. Yeah. I like that. It's cute. The the thing I... My main issue with the movie was that it does have a lot of this Gremlins 2-style meta-commentary of... Uh, we didn't really want to make a sequel, but here it is while also having a bunch of stuff. that's like, Hey, remember this? Yeah. Um, yeah. and not just the clips from the movie appearing in flashback, but things like here's the helicopter shooting and you see the bullet casings falling from below and then it crashes into a building and make, makes the ripple effect. Here's, you know, the fighting in a subway and punching through part of a pillar. It's she did the kick. Yeah, she, that, she did the kick. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it was like a backwards kick thing. Um but along those lines though, I do like when they kind of change it up a little bit and you have characters on the sidelines going like this is like that thing, but different. Well, that's at the beginning when they're seeing yeah. the stuff in the modal where it's like that that's not Trinity. I also really like uh Neo's like the first time he gets in a fight and he goes, I still know Kung Fu. I hated that. I, I love it. It it is the single worst line of the entire movie. It is so, complete garbage. It is the worst written thing I think I've seen in a long time. When, and so I love it. So when he was training with New Morpheus in the dojo, hey, remember that? Um, 
and he like does the thing where he does the shockwave and busts him through a wall or something i was yeah. like oh is he going to say i still know kung fu and he didn't i was like oh okay yeah and then <laughs> right after that there's that scene where he does it i was like oh no. larry it subverted your expectations <laughs> that's true it's, he said a later scene than what i expected <laughs> very subvertive yep it's gremlins time. yeah it's it is a shame that i think a lot of people are kind of turning on this thing um I, I, you know again i i liked it it's divisive like i i would say also it has a better reason to be divisive than for example yeah. the last jedi which i think a lot of people are comparing it to or last jedi just which has totally a bunch of straight up terrible stuff yeah the the stuff that the last Jedi did that was like a really fresh take on Star Wars was great, and it was yeah. all with Luke and Ray and Kylo Ren. And then uh, the other like half of that movie was meandering, went nowhere, said nothing. It just kind of was like we have these characters the director clearly doesn't care about, and he we has to just kind of do something with them. Uh, there's none of that in this in this movie. I, there was no like point in the Matrix Four where I felt like we're kind of just like kicking around, wasting time, or we have a B plot that I just don't give a fuck about. Like I, I wanted more of Sabebe. Yeah, should have had more of it. Yeah, I don't care about that little freak, the little like thing that hopped around. I don't care about that. I just want more of the big boy. Yeah, yeah. I I liked all this stuff about like. Uh, Hey, humans and machines are working together, and they're getting along and everything, and they're growing fruit. Like that, that stuff's nice. It's like at the end of the Matrix, kind of where I was hoping everything would have gone is like they actually form some sort of peace between each other. Yeah, and I was glad to see that. That you know, also the thing with the, like little magnetic orbs, like letting them manifest in the real world, is pretty yeah. good. They mentioned this in the Red Letter Media review, but I was off of Twitter, so I was not able to post it. But I was thinking about. When Morpheus first shows up in that form, I was just thinking of the Mario movie where uh, Luigi puts one of those pin things on his face. Yes. I was like, this is, I was going, if I was still on Twitter, I would have posted, hey, here's Morpheus. But <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this a whole lot. It was exactly the, the movie that I was hoping it would be and that it was a very meta commentary. It's not a perfect movie. There, there's stuff about it that I kind of have an issue with, but it's not a, like the big, you know, I don't have like a big sweeping problem with it, I guess. There's nothing about it that would make me not want to come back and watch this another yeah, time. Yeah, sure. So, um, but what I actually mean is it's the worst movie uh, of all time. They finally Terrible, just they, completely disrespectful to the fans of the franchise. They finally made a bad Matrix movie. It only yeah. took them until literally now to make a bad <laughs> Matrix movie. I can't believe oh, that they've also God. now made bad Ghostbusters movies and they made movies. Uh, they made bad Star Wars movies and they were by J.J. Abrams and not George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. That was another dumbass tweet I saw. I'm sorry. I'm just going <laughs> to. It was just like, it was just somebody going like, I, I can't believe in our time now, like, they've made bad Star Wars movies. They like ignored, they, they counted the prequels as good ones. And then like the, the rest of that too oh, is sure. just like, oh, they finally made a bad Matrix movie. It's like, are you fucking high? <laughs> I decided to go back to the Mandalorian uh, because uh, the Boba Fett show is out now. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of, uh, now that the Boba Fett show is out, I can proudly announce that I have actually been cast to play Salacious Crumb in oh, the Boba Fett show. 
uh, I check it out. I'm a little a mischievous guy, and I get into all kinds of trouble with my pal Bib Fortuna on Disney Plus. Well, I have some bad news. Um, I I don't know if you saw the end of the Mandalorian. Uh, no, Bib Fortuna. I, I, I don't know. Is this a prequel? Does this take place before the end of the Mandalorian? Larry, or did they cut all my scenes out with Bib Fortuna? Well, I don't know about you, but uh, Bib Fortuna's dead. All so, my all my scenes are with Bib Fortuna. What are you talking about? That's what I'm saying. Is this a prequel? Does this take place before that? <sighs> I need to make some phone call. I think they cut my scenes. I think they cut my fucking scenes. Well, anyway, <laughs> I was uh, I had lost interest when I saw they were getting into the Jedi stuff. Um, but uh, they didn't even do it as puppets. Good. They put me in makeup to play Salacious Crumb. <laughs> Did you just borrow the Desmond like ears? To do this? <laughs> I was about to say, I'm just I'm thinking of this all as like a Desmond level like makeup job, but I'm yeah. Salacious Grum. Yeah, yep. pretty good. It's Gremlins time. <laughs> anyway, Mandalorian's still actually pretty good, is the thing. I, I was like, ah, they're bringing in crap from the Clone Wars. I don't care about mm-hmm. any of this. But then, like, this Clone Wars character shows up and they stab a whole bunch of stormtroopers. And then Titus Welliver is like captain of a ship. He's like, well, there are Mandalorians on board, so I'm killing the whole crew and then myself. And that's it's all pretty good. Okay. I will come back and watch that eventually. Uh, I kind of want to see the Boba Fett thing. I, I don't know what to think of any of that. It's from Robert like, Rodriguez. He's back. I have complicated feelings about Boba Fett. Yeah, me too. I kind of like just don't care that much about Boba Fett because he just barely existed in those movies and died. And I think the weird sort of like reverence people have for Boba Fett is just bizarre to me. Like that suit looks great. His character design is great. Well, see, that's it. (laughs) That's the the beginning and ending of Boba Fett for me. So like, I guess it's neat that like they could do anything that they want with that character. I'm just not sure the direction that they're taking. That is what I would have expected they would do with Boba Fett. So for me, the whole thing is making good on the promise of the character, like from mm-hmm. how it started, where like you see him, it's like, oh man, he's a cool bounty hunter. He like they they treat him as like the most dangerous guy in the galaxy. And then thanks to George Lucas, he was kind of just a chump who got yeah the backpack smacked and flew into a Sarlacc pit. And it's like, oh, okay. So much like Darth Maul, who is a cool character that then gets completely murked fairly unceremoniously uh i don't blame them for bringing them back and doing more with them to sort of make good on it like i said obviously there are exceptions to this but it's a shame to me that most of the coolest characters george lucas has ever made just kind of show up for a few scenes and don't have many lines and then they die you know you mentioned darth maul and of course boba fett uh dexter dexter uh same (laughs) thing happened to him max rebo Um, yeah, it's it's just Max Salacious Rebo got Grum. Max Re- obviously Dexter Jester De- Jexter Dexter. I don't I can't Dexter Jester's lab. I can't get Lana Wachowski right, and I can't get Dexter Jester right. Well, you did just get right. Congratulations. Oh God. Um, obviously, he didn't die, but yeah, Max Rebo got fucking blowed up. <laughs> yeah. He was in that. He was in that ship. Roncor keeper. Oh man, I didn't think about that, but yeah, he got blowed up too. Yeah, they all got blowed up. Well, wait, then why is Bib Fortuna? Did they leave Bib Fortuna behind? 
Well, they weren't on the skiff. They were like in the palace. Oh, I thought they came with. Because I thought they were still doing uh, music on the skiff. So you would still have Max Rebo and his remember. band there. I haven't seen I, Return of the Jedi in a long time. I think, I want to say I remember that there is a shot of Max Rebo playing the piano on that skiff. And like Maybe. pans out from him and shows everybody else still partying around. I don't know if Bib Fortuna ever shows up in that, but I guess that they would have like left Bib Fortuna behind. I, I just remember him in the palace where yeah. like, Luke goes up to him and is like, It wasn't no Jedi. You know? That just makes me feel bad for Bib Fortuna. Everybody's just it like, We're going out. We're like, We're going out. We're going to have a party, but not you, Bib Fortuna. <laughs> you stay here. Well, no one wants to hang out with you. No, see, it's like, you know, Air Force One. Like, you know, they have the president and vice president <laughs> on different planes. That's why you, you get Jabba on one skiff. You have to have Bib Fortuna somewhere else. So if anything happens to Jabba, you still have Bib there. I did see that scene with Bib Fortuna, actually. And I do like that in the like intervening, what, five or seven years after Return uh, of the Jedi, Bib Fortuna got, got fat. fat. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, He's on his way to become a Jabba. Ooh, that's how it happens? Yeah. The tail on his head just kind of like moves down and becomes like a slug tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a hideous transformation! Yeah, no, I, uh, I like Star Wars and I like The Matrix. So you know, uh, Betty White's dead. Nothing but positivity on this episode of Destroy All Children. That's right. Good vibes good. all around. It's good to uh, end on a positive note. Yeah. Do we got anything else we want to talk about, or do we now end on a negative note? <laughs> Uh, well, I guess negative. Is this retro corner? Yeah, we might as well. And now we're in. We should start the final retro corner. And when I say it's a negative note, boy, do I mean it, because I played the Page Master for the Sega Genesis based on the hit Macaulay Culkin movie of the same name. Why is this your final one? Why wasn't Mario 64? I've been trying to get into therapy for a while. Um, I got... <laughs> I think I need medication. <laughs> um, I had the Page Master as a kid, and it was the most infuriating video game I played before, like, I turned 10, I want to say. Like, it was this and that Adams Family game that were the... Which one? The Genesis one where you're uh, playing as Gomez, and it's a, a side-scroller thing, and it's slippery as hell. Okay, so just the Adams family. Yeah. Because we um, did that on stream and you accidentally got like Adams family it. values. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Which um better game from what little I played of that, but um uh, I don't know. It's it's better. I'm not saying it's good, but it's better. Now I, I had both those games as a kid, I could never beat them, I can never get very far in them. They both are, you know, similar to that Adams family game. Page Master is super slippery. Macaulay Culkin's just sliding all over the place in that thing. <laughs> so I, I never played this Genesis version. I did play the Game Boy version. Uh, oh, man. And I remember it because I did not have a Game Boy. I had a Super Game Boy. And so I uh, played it on there. And it had like a custom border for that game with like the little bookmen around the screen and stuff. This is why you bought that analog uh, Game Boy thing is so you can play the Page Master. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't still have it. Um unfortunately do we do uh, one final segment of how much does it cost on ebay because i wonder how much a cart of the <laughs> page right. master on game boy costs okay you keep talking and i'll look well let's find out how many fortunes larry threw away um <laughs> yep it's gremlins time 
Yeah, I could never get beyond like so in the movie. It's been a long time since I saw the $299. movie. Two ninety nine. Two hundred ninety nine dollars? No. No, I know two dollars ninety nine. Said, well, hey, guess what? Guess what you're buying? No. Guess what you're getting as a late Christmas present from your pal George? Ah, <laughs> uh, this uh, this one might be a bootleg. I don't know. Here's one oh, with a cart and manual, and that's fifteen. Yeah, so the two ninety nine one might be accurate. Um, yeah, the, the whole idea is you get like transported into book world or whatever. I I don't. It's been a while since I saw the movie, but like Macaulay Culkin turns into a cartoon when that happens. There's, hey, yeah, okay. Remember when a friend of the show Dylan uh, accidentally. Uh, well, not accidentally, but ill-advisedly uh, put some old rare PC games up on eBay. Oh, no. And uh, set it to auction. Oh, no. And uh, it, it sold for way, way less than it should have been. I do vaguely remember this. Well, anyway, uh, someone put up the Page Master for Game Boy on an auction, and it had two bids and sold for $1.04. <laughs> So, uh, I got cheated on my page master auction. <laughs> well, you oh know, it was four forty five shipping though. And another one sold for $6 with free shipping. So, yeah, I still can't okay. get my Pokemon black card to sell. People keep wanting to offer me much less money for it than what I know it's worth. And I'm it's not going to entertain. Mine. Yeah. I tried to, and it I just didn't. Done. Yeah. I tried to, and it didn't sell. Um, my Pokemon uh, Diamond version did for like three hundred damn dollars. Yeah, but that's a different story. And and uh, I was explaining this to you outside of the podcast. But the reason that apparently people are going after those Pokemon cards in particular is they don't emulate well. Like okay. there is something up with the timing in those games, and so like if you played even for a little bit, you start to have really ridiculous lag that just compounds. And like some emulators are better about it than others, but like apparently they just don't play nice with most emulators. The guy who I saw talking about this said that he believes uh, Soul Silver and Heart Gold don't actually emulate at all. And I don't huh. know if that's true or not. And well, also, correction, I didn't sell Diamond for three hundred. Walker. Yeah, I didn't. Correction, I didn't sell uh, Diamond for three hundred. I sold uh, Soul Silver. So if that doesn't emulate, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, assuming I ever want to play that game again, which I, I was going to say, like, yeah. is this really a shame? Yeah, the box is nice. Yeah, it was. No, it it was nice pulling that Poke Walker out every now and then to go and like, oh, this is nice and glossy, yeah. and then putting it back in the box because I'm never, I don't walk. Anyway, I, the Page Master. I, I stole one of those uh, wheelchair carts from Walmart, and I just ride that around. I don't walk anymore. You kidding me? Not a chump. Anyway, I played the page master because I'm a chump. Um, yeah, I, I just I wanted to finally beat this game. I figured that I now as a grown man had the skill necessary to beat the page master. And I do. And I should not have done it. <laughs> it was a waste of time. Hey, Those... do you, again, our favorite segment. You want to know how much it sells for on Genesis? Oh, God. Um, I'm going to guess about 25 bucks. Uh, would this be complete or are you talking card only? Cart only. All right. No, 
Okay. Uh, cart onlys are somewhere around like twelve. Okay. Here, there's one with the cart and box that's fifteen. Last uh, time I was looking at Genesis games, they seemed like they were going up in price again. Uh, but I was looking up specifically like complete in box Sonic stuff, and it was starting to be like, oh, Sonic Three is like fifty dollars. A complete Page Master was sold for thirty. In fact. I tried to look up the Japanese versions of the Sonic games to buy because I really like those box designs, and those are ridiculously expensive, which yeah. is weird because usually Japanese stuff is cheaper. So Apparently know. this is one of those that came in just like a regular box, not the clamshell thing. I do remember that. Yeah, it came in a cardboard box. Because I, I want to say this was kind of getting towards the end of the Sega Genesis. Uh, even though that this is... A... That, that movie was like 96 or something. Yeah. Uh, it does not translate in the actual game itself. If you looked at graphics from the game, you would think that this is like early to mid Sega Genesis because they did <laughs> not put money into it. Uh, pretty much all the levels look exactly the same. So you have three different worlds. You have the horror world, you have the fantasy world, and you have the pirate world at the end. Uh, but all the levels therein just kind of feel very samey. And there are way too many of them. There's something like 10 to 12 levels per world and you're just mostly going through the same crap over and over and over again and again it doesn't control well it's very slippery the jump feels very squirrely in it uh taking damage just kind of feels wrong like there's no real impact to it and it seems like it's way too easy to just kind of careen into an enemy um but you do have little voice clips of macaulay culkin uh yelling ouch so you know wow it's like being at neverland yeah oh, no <laughs> larry no he said on larry king that he never got touched at neverland well he, he like michael didn't do it brian singer was there oh okay that makes a lot more sense <laughs> brian singer is the page master <laughs> Why is the Macaulay Culkin character a shirtless 17-year-old? This isn't... I Okay. Um, speak it. Do you remember anything about the movie? Barely anything. I, Again, like most yeah. of my memory of it was I had the movie because the trailer for the Power Rangers movie was in front of it, and so I mostly just watched that. Mm. Uh, I just remember Christopher Lloyd was in it. He's like the librarian yes. or whatever. Uh, yeah. But he's also he, like a wizard, I think, too. Like he's he, magic. he voices like one of the books, I think, because it's like there's the zombie book and the pirate book and the fairy yeah. book. Um, and yeah, I, I think he voiced the zombie book, maybe. I'm looking this up real quick. Uh, no, I you're wonder. Just... All right. I no, no, no. I I want to know who the cast of the movie was because I can't remember who voiced the other you, books. You think it was like an all-star cast of like, and Danny DeVito is the pirate book or something. Uh, I kind of think it'll be people that I've never heard of, actually. <laughs> oh, no, no, okay, there's there's some... Well, there's a other name in here, actually. Uh, Leonard Nimoy played Dr. Jekyll. Ed okay. Bagley Jr. Uh, as, the, uh, as the dad. Patrick Stewart plays one of the books, Adventure. He sure. Was the, he was the pirate book, I want to say. Sure. Uh, Frank Welker was the horror book. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, who played? Oh, Whoopi Goldberg was uh, the fantasy book. Okay. So it's a real Star Trek cast. You got Whoopi, you got Patrick, you got Leonard. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't go back and watch this movie. It's, I it's bet like I gargoyles. Love it. Yeah. 
Um, no, it's been so long since I remember it. So, like, I, I just know that when he goes into the book universe, he becomes, like, a cartoon character. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, very little live-action stuff. It's just, like, the book ends. Oh! Yeah. oh. <laughs> Get it? That, that took me a minute. <laughs> well, that's sad. I need you to look directly at the camera and explain the joke to me. That's the only way that I'll be able to understand it. And if you don't, I will get very mad about it on Twitter. Okay. Very mad about it. Uh, no, the Page Master game sucks. I suspect that the movie sucks too, even though like I have no real way of remembering, but I mean, I, I bet it's terrible. I remember not really liking it when I was Colin a kid. Colin's so got those dumbass Harry Potter glasses throughout the entire thing. Ugh. Ugh. Worst. No, this might be my least favorite game that I've played all year, too. I know that we skipped that for the Grimmies, and the reason was I wanted to kind of talk about it during this. Uh, but at least I, like, conquered this game. I Before 2022, I've defeated all my enemies, Larry. I beat the Page Master. Betty White is in the ground. I'm victorious. <laughs> I've no one left to slay. I am unchallenged, and my rule shall last for a thousand years. Congratulations. Thank you. I actually was asked uh, by a friend of the show, Danny, like, now where's all my hate and anger going to go that Betty White is dead? And I told him, nowhere. Now I just have to live. If I even remember how to do that. I thought it would just go to Neelix. Oh, God, yeah, Neelix. That fucker. You know what's messed up? The director of the live action parts of the Page Master was Joe Johnston. I thought you were going to say Jonathan Frakes, and I was going to be like, oh, <laughs> perfect. Been really good. No, Joe Johnston, who uh, pre- before that had done The Rocketeer. Uh, oh, man. So he's he's capable of better things. Yeah. Well, later, you'd make Captain America the first Avenger. So. Oh, it's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what did. Oh, IMDb rating 6.1 out of 10 for the Page oh, Masters. It's garbage. This is then. like. Uh, yeah, this is a low-end DS9 episode. Yeah, that that's like one with Vedic Burial in it. Only an hour and 20 minutes? It's like they don't even have time to tell a story. <laughs> it's barely a movie. That's like the a page, TV special. The Page Master should be three hours long and it should start a Page Master Extended Universe. Right. You need to see all of your favorite characters. They, you got to have uh, Captain Ahab show up in the Page Master. Oh, no, 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 no. See, what you do is you save him for the post-credits thing, so then you have the promise of Captain Ahab to take you into the next movie. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. See, you put just enough that people remember, but you hold just enough back that you can franchise it. Atticus Finch can be in the first one, though. I've watched The Matrix 4. I know how a movie is made. Yeah. We were going to make Page Master 2, whether you want to or not. (laughs) Page Master 2, the dawn of Desmond. <laughs> just Desmond and the Page Master, fuck it. <laughs> if they had respected the time period, we would be up to Page Master 7 by now. <laughs> oh, it sounds horrible. They they made that new like um, Home Alone movie and they didn't bother to get Macaulay Culkin involved in that at all. No. Or maybe they did and he told them hell no, which also seems likely. Buzz is in it though. Buzz is a cop, which is kind of funny. Yeah, that is the one thing that they did with that movie where I'm kind of like, okay, that makes sense. Buzz would become a cop. Everything the rest else of it, though, British, though. I don't know what that's about. It's weird. I watched a review for that thing. I don't even... Do you know what the plot of that movie is? Nope. 
weird little British, not Kevin McAllister, is at like some couple's house that they're selling. And they have a collection of priceless dolls. They've got these hot toys that the husband bought and they're worth a lot of money now. It's Jack Nicholson Joker. <laughs> he has a rare imperfection in the paint. He's worth even more. Yeah. No, he, he's got like these the old dolls. face is upside down. <laughs> <laughs> this is the rarest Joker. <laughs> Oh god, it's horrifying to think about. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, he's got a he's got a box full of these old dolls, and they're like worth a bunch of money. Like he gets into a petty argument with the kid while he's there, and then his most valuable doll goes missing, and so the couple assumes that shitty little fucking kid stole the doll to get back at us. So now we need to break into not Kevin McAllister's home just to get our doll back that belongs to us. And so the bad guys are like sympathetic and Kevin's a little prick. (laughs) Okay. But I thought it was strange that they would have like Rob Delaney as like a burglar or something. But it's because Rob Delaney is actually a good guy in the movie, (laughs) but just gets horribly grievously injured repeatedly trying to get his doll back. And like at the end of the movie, it turns out, not Kevin didn't even steal the doll. They just misplaced it. Kevin stole like a soda that was nearby. <laughs> but like you as the audience are never made to realize this. So for like the entire movie, the audience thinks Kevin actually stole that guy's doll and is just a little asshole. Yeah. Okay. It is baffling. <laughs> anyway, I didn't actually watch the movie. I just watched a review of it because it popped up during Christmas time. And I was just like, I got like 15 minutes to kill. I'll check this out. And yeah, that, that movie is bizarre. That kind of um, sounds better than I expected. Yeah. But then like a lot of, I mean, I wouldn't like spend the time yeah, watching it, but a, a lot of the stuff I saw from it too, just, it, it seems like extremely unfunny. It's another bad home alone sequel. Yeah. The premise of it though is more interesting than I thought it would be. It's not, I thought they would just basically done a straight remake of it. Um, it's still not as weird as three though where it was like the yeah. what they were trying to get like nuclear launch codes that were on a chip in his yeah. remote controlled car and then you have one with like french stewart playing yeah. marv but he's dressed up like harry <laughs> yeah it's like uh who was it's like missy pile was like just yeah. like a new character burglar with him yeah it's well harry hung himself while jerking off and so that's why (laughs) he also had set up a blowtorch above his head you know give him that extra thrill (laughs) well it was to cut the rope in case anything goes wrong but he had like misangled it so it was just cooking his head (laughs) is there choking and trying to scream while the blowtorch is on his head and then for some reason the long good friday soundtrack is playing the entire time i don't know what that was about the worst, ver- the worst version of this, the alternate take of this joke is that he set a blowtorch up across from his crotch and he was burning <laughs> his dick and that's how he gets off. Yeah, anyway, it's I still... just a David Cronenberg movie. I still regularly think about that nail going into Mars' foot. Oh, yeah. As the most depraved trap Kevin has thought up of. Yeah, anyway. I mean, it's the most Viet Cong of all of them, maybe. Yeah. 
yeah. make Mar fall into a punji pit. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the Page Master game, not good. Uh, I would say. Uh, <laughs> good review. I would say on the, 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 the barometer of the Home Alone movies, it probably ranks as like a Home Alone 4. Uh, so very, very, very bad. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, you ever see anything about Home Alone 5? I thought Home Alone 5 was the one with British kid. No. There's Is there another, another one, one that I'm just. Oh, God. Yeah. It's Jesus. weird. It, it's like the ho- holiday heist or something. It looks terrible. <laughs> Shocking, I know. Uh, <laughs> stop making Home Alone movies. Stop it. Or if you do them, just have it like aged up Kevin McAllister or something. I don't know. Bring Macaulay. I want to see Macaulay Culkin in more movies. He's great. I like him in Red Letter Media. That's the only thing I ever see him in anymore. Well, I'm not watching yeah, his sure. weird bunny foot thing or whatever the fuck it's called. Anyway, I've sent George a link to uh, Home Alone, The Holiday Heist. If you take a look at that kid. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. No one looked at that kid's face and said, you can't put this on a poster. <laughs> oh, God, it hurts to see John Hughes credited as a writer for this thing. I mean, he'd be credited as, like, creator of it. Yeah, it says, ori- it says original characters. Yeah. Um, Ed Asner was in this, R.I.P. Malcolm McDowell yeah, was in this, R.I.P. <laughs> God. Eddie Steeples, Crab Man himself was in this. Oh, no. <laughs> He plays a character named Mr. Hughes, who's obviously a reference to John Hughes. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, oh, this is man. terrible. Although I see that there's a SWAT commander character, and I like to just imagine that Kevin's house gets swatted <laughs> at the end of the movie. That's That should be what the burglars do, though. It'd be like, call up the police and be like, uh, someone's broken into this house or holding someone hostage, and then the cops would just run in and shoot Kevin. <laughs> Well, he clearly set up all the traps. Yeah, He's the exactly. Villain here, here, yeah. Yeah, they would go in and be like, someone's trying to hit us with paint cans. Open fire. <laughs> oh, Kevin running to his room, doing that little fist pump, being like, ha, ha, ha. And then like a flashbang goes yep. through the window. <laughs> yeah. Ding Chavez and the crew from Rainbow Six come in, <laughs> just break through the windows and light them up. Sledge just sledgehammering through the drywall and like all the drywall falls on Kevin and knocks him over. Fuse going up to a window and putting his charge on and just dumping a bunch of bombs in Kevin's room. <laughs> this is the note the podcast is going out on, right? Us coming up with ways to kill Kevin McAllister. Technically not Kevin. I, I don't have any ill will towards Kevin, but these other kids... Yes, these Kevin likes. He's Kevin Tulpas. He's Kevin Homunculi. Oh. Well, wait, wasn't the one in four supposed to be Kevin too? Since it's a uh, Marv as the I don't, villain. I don't think so. I think it was a different kid. It was just Marv. Going I thought. Somewhere. I thought it's, one of these. Like they, on Kevin. I thought one of these was that the character was still supposed to be Kevin, and they recast him. I don't know if it's five or yeah, four. Okay, it is. It is okay. Yeah, four is boy look also it was missy pile i got that right at least you kind of dropped the ball with three and so you need to bring people back for the fourth one and so you bring back the characters that they know but also you make a effort to not cast any of those same actors so three had too many hot ladies in it for a kid's movie which is really (laughs) weird 
I can't watch this Home Alone movie. I'm getting boners all the time. <laughs> I mean, look, as a child watching Home Alone 3, you have Scarlett Johansson in there and then the uh, like the Russian lady thief. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. Man. Well. And then four, uh, you have French Stewart. So, you know, got all these mixed feelings. To recap, watch The Matrix 4. is a good movie. Uh, yes. Watch Gremlins 2, the best movie. Watch yep. Gremlins 3, an even better movie. Uh-huh. Uh, watch don't Home watch Alone page... 4. No, don't watch any of the Home Alones after 2. Don't watch Page Master. Don't play Page Master. Uh, Do not look at Page Master. Do not taunt Page Master. <laughs> <laughs> if you make direct eye contact with Page Master, you get pulled into the game and turned into a cartoon. It's terrible. It happened to me. If you play the Page Master for more than four hours, please consult a physician. <sighs> I do like the really garbled voice clip, though, of Kevin going, my library card, every, t- every time you, like, run into one in the level. It's pretty good. How many good. has he got? Eight. He has eight library cards, and Does they are have... located in, in different levels in the world, and out of, like, the 30-something levels, you don't know specifically which ones have a library card in it, and because they're hidden, you don't get any indication that there is a library card unless you get close enough to it so you can completely miss a library card, and to get the true ending, you have to get all eight of the library cards. And when you leave a world, from my understanding, you can't go back. That's pretty cool. No, why would you say that? That's wrong. You have the wrong opinion about this. I, I, I was being facetious. It's dumb. What does that word mean? <laughs> Never mind. Keep going. You're facetious, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I I just said I was being facetious. Whatever. Uh, Anyway, uh, that's all I got to say about that, I guess. Okay. Now you do the thing where you go, that's that's all you have to say about that. Thank you. We had to do that one more time before the podcast ended. Yeah. Well, Larry, it's been nice knowing you, but now we have to commit ritual suicide murder. Yeah. It's how it had to end. Well, you know. I finally finished my uh, gay little list, and so now the podcast is over. Mm. I can say that, uh, by the way, also. You can't say that. Most people can't say that. Sure I can. Don't you dare. Okay, I won't. I'll cancel you. Just uh, Okay. (laughs) I'm not on on Twitter anymore. What do you want to do? I'll bring your ass back. I like how you love Twitter the same time I decided to get back on Twitter because I was in exile until Betty White died. So it was well, perfect. I, mean, I just thought, hey, Christmas time, good present for everybody. You're, I'm you're, out. Missing, you're missing all the great. Uh, Haro is considering minting his own cryptocurrency. And oh, I've been God. selling him on the idea of doing his like pointing at a screen thing as NFTs. Um, Aaron has discovered rule 34 porn of uh, the NFT apes and shared that. And I sure wish he didn't. Uh, oh boy. Well, J- JR keeps that stuff's going on over there. JR keeps tagging me on sales for uh, cotton too, or cotton, <laughs> cotton reboot. I'm sorry. Um, no, I appreciate it. It's nice to be in the know on that, although it's still not dropped uh, to a low, low enough price. And also I spent all my money on uh, Chikorondo, Gato, and Booze. So I can't buy it even if I want to. What do you um, call me? Chikorondo Gato. Have you ever had it? Macaron, Chakaron. I don't know what that is. It's uh, skin of pig. It's very good. God, 
it's okay. so it's it's basically it's basically pork rinds, right? right? I, except I understand in, that. Except instead of just the skin, they take a layer of fat and then a small layer of meat with it too. So it's got it's like a lot more bacon, bacon with skin. No, because it's it's also like they, it's still very 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 crispy, and and very firm. But it's got like a lot more flavor. It's a lot more salty. It's really good. Uh, they sell it in like huge chunks too. So you got like the whole flank of like half of the fucking pig. Remember and it's when like you were kind of rolled on its for a while. It wasn't for a while. I had it once and it set off the fire alarm in my apartment and I decided to never make it again. Okay. <laughs> no, Chicken um, Rondel got is really good. It, it's basically pork rinds that actually have like a lot of flavor. It, Castlevania, Chicken Rondo of blood. Yeah. I also spent way too much money on it because I, I went to like an actual like uh, Mexican grocery store and I... Oh. Well, the guy behind the counter didn't speak any English. So I kept going like, I want a half a pound and he didn't understand half a pound. So he sold me a full pound of it. So I had to pay like eight bucks and I'm too polite to correct him. So I just, I'm walking out of there. By the way, a pound of this stuff is like, if you fill like one of those gigantic like bags full of popcorn. Uh-huh. Like one of those like. Uh, like from a movie theater. Like a several gallon bag. Yeah. Like it's a lot. Like it's just filled with this stuff. So I just have a ton of it now that I can't possibly eat. So that's cool. I bet you um, can. I believe in probably. you. Probably. I like that it's in these huge flanks too. So anytime I want some, I got to like grab it and smack it against the table to break it into chunks. It's like hardtack. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Anyway. Um that's the the podcast but it's not like we'll be on forever because jojo's bizarre adventure is right. back yeah from outer Jesus. space um so, so yes yeah, so I, I, I will i will have a link to uh where you can subscribe to stand and deliver in the uh, description of this episode so go subscribe to that and then whenever we do start that you'll be on top of it uh it'll be when it's close to being over which i'm still not sure exactly what the schedule is i don't know if they're dumping it in batches or if they're going to start doing it weekly soon i think like tomorrow is when it starts airing in japan yeah i was gonna say i didn't know if anything's changed with that if you had heard anything about them putting new episodes out. no i haven't been able to find anything about what the actual schedule is it's Um, still such a weird way to do it though where they put like the first eight or 12 episodes up or something like that yes i think it's like 10 or 12 i'm not sure did they say like what the like how many episodes this is going to run for that like how long was uh but the others were the others were somewhere around 40 i think for each okay oh god we're gonna have so much to watch all right We'll have a lot of podcasts left to come then. And then when that ends, we won't be doing anything at least until, you know, Steel Ball Run comes out and then we got to go back and do this all over again. <laughs> yeah. It'll uh, it'll happen eventually. There there at least is a good long break between uh, parts of JoJo's, obviously, because I got to plan everything and, and start animating and all that stuff. But yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll be doing that whenever it's, uh, yeah. whenever the time is right. I suppose is the way to say it. I, I would guess based on the way they're going, it'll probably be March or April. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I would assume. 
remember back uh when there was that long gap between like yeah. part four and five and we kind of thought like oh maybe this is it and they don't really like uh, the budget hasn't kind of worked out to do any more of jojo's and now it seems like a surefire thing they're just going to do all of it oh yeah i think the director wow. said something like yeah we're doing all of it i mean they might as well there's only two more parts left to go like at least <laughs> for now party does not it well i mean he's doing part nine there is no way they don't catch up before part nine is yeah. like done. Yeah. If it's anything like part eight where it took Iraqi like forever to get through that thing. I mean, it's um, just super long in general though. That isn't a case where it was like him taking forever to make yeah. it. it. It's yeah. just, that's a really long part. Well, I, I want to say that I read something where Iraqi said he has ideas planned out through part 10 i want to say i might be wrong about that but i would like it if it is a quentin tarantino situation where it's 10 and he's done uh, rocky's gonna go write some plays now a uh, quentin tarantino situation where then it's 10 and he decides he's not actually done and also <laughs> here's a novelization of jojo part four that's basically completely different from the other thing i mean that rohan kishibe novel yeah that is part four, but completely different. Basically. Yeah. Rocky is the uh, Tarantino of his time, some would say. Ignore that Tarantino is also the Tarantino of his time. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but also, to... I, anyway, I would like to say uh, thank you to everybody who listened. Uh, yeah. the loyal listeners. I don't know why you would, honestly. Uh this whole thing started just basically as a, as an excuse for you to go through your list and yeah talk about it and then yeah, give and us that, something it, to do every week but then eventually eh, i'm okay with not doing this for a while yeah no it's i i understand editing episodes together and everything is is a pretty time consuming process and mm -hmm. There's been plenty of times because when we record this, one of us will need to go somewhere and, and do something at the start of the week. And so the schedule for this has been sliding around more and more lately. And it's kind yeah. of just nice to have to get away from the commitment of it for a while. But um, people who continually listen to this thing, like I, I appreciate it through, you know, some of the times we had audio issues, some of the times that I might have said a slur um through all the gobble ghoul zones. Some and... of the times we might have gone on extended rants about Nintendo. I don't think that I ever did that. And by the way, if I can just pick a bone for a second with those fucks <laughs> over there in Japan, you know what really the grinds Nintendo your gears? Corporation, yeah. Hey, Miyamoto, listen up, asswipe. This one's for you. I don't got anything to say. Actually, I'm, I'm all at Nintendo stuff. It's they have done anything. Fat cats at Nintendo. Yeah. Well, I'd criticize them if they fucking did anything, but they won't. You're a dumbass, Mister Miyamoto. <laughs> Before we completely stop this thing, I saw a YouTube uh, video by a crow bee cat that said something like left for or uh, cat. Yeah. What, what was it? Um, out for blood, left for blood. What's the name of the game Back for blood back, back for blood. The title was like back for blood proves valve was holding up left for dead. And every part of that pisses me off because, uh, yeah, maybe kind of, but also they're holding back left for dead. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Why, why did you bring that? Okay, whatever. I don't know. It wouldn't have been this podcast if I didn't bring up one more weird thing before the end of it, just to I... make the outro awkward. So well, I had well, to. That's true. Yeah, see? I had to do it. 
No, I, I, I appreciate it as well. I'm not sure why anyone puts up with, with our asses, but if you want to continue putting up with our asses and, and listen to some podcasts that we do, then I hope you'll be back for Stand and Deliver. Well, when Stand and Deliver comes back, it won't really matter because that had a much higher viewership than those listeners. Well, we know not viewers. Uh, to be fair, that I think that makes sense too. Video game podcasts and, and podcasts about nerd culture crap are a dime a dozen, whereas I think we were like one of maybe four or five specifically JoJo-oriented yeah. podcasts. Yeah. So it's easier Although, to bring in an audience. Maybe the people who listened before will be alienated when we come back because that the previous episodes were recorded before I was radicalized into becoming a communist. And so oh, that's you know, true. when it comes back, it's going to be all marks this and marks that. And, you know, <laughs> Stalin was right. We'll and, start trying to figure out which Jojo characters are capitalists and which ones are actually socialists. Joseph is definitely capitalist. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think like Jotaro Okiyasu is, is he's got dollar signs on his suit. Jotaro likes to think that he is like a hardcore liberal, but like actually he's more like center left. And so he might as well just be a Republican. Hardcore liberal, huh? I, they, uh, we need to make one of those grids. It's like, uh, knows what cryptocurrency is, invests in cryptocurrency. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph doesn't, doesn't know what cryptocurrency know, but is, but he does invest in it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to say Jotaro does know, but does not invest. Josuke knows and does invest because okay. he's always about, he's always about those money-making schemes. Remember there was that whole episode with uh, the, the, like uh, the little lottery ticket things. Jorno knows what it is and does not invest. That's true. Yeah. He knows better than it because he's involved in criminal enterprises. Yeah. And so he sees it for what it is and knows right. that it's not something he needs to do. Exactly. They have better ways to launder money. Yeah, that's right. See, we've watched JoJo's, so you should maybe (laughs) listen to our podcast. Yeah, go check it out. (laughs) Well, until we just ignore the parts where I wasn't sure if Stroheim was a Nazi or not. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of you going like, "I really like the Stroheim character. He's the best." But is he a Nazi? Well, no, it was just like a weird part because it was like, is this like before Nazis were a thing? Because like the version I saw it specifically did not call him as such. It just said like German. And so I was like, oh, I mean, this man. is like 1930 or something. I don't know. Like, what were they up to at that point? I know it probably won't be the case. You're just going to rip these episodes off of Netflix and host them elsewhere. But I still really wish I could get fan dubs of part six off of my weird russian site because i still dubs. like well, fan subs i'm sorry but i still really I like those fan bits. dubs i still really like those bits in part three where they just had like all the characters say fuck a lot for no reason <laughs> yes so it was, it was i can't remember exactly what it was but like yari yari daze became like fucking hell or like yeah. fuck this and it's like okay that's not what that means but this is it fun kind of is but Oh, they they say the fuck word in the comics. I'm pretty sure it's not entirely. I don't think so. At least not in the the Viz versions I have. I erased some of the words really the, hard with a pencil eraser when I wrote the word "fucking." So I've improved and enhanced my volumes of jokes. I can tell. I can tell you they say it a lot in the uh, new versions of Kaiji that came out, mm. um, which is kind of weird because the anime specifically does not until like in the second season there's like one part where someone does and it's completely out of place because otherwise it's like totally clean it's weird uh bizarre 
Yeah. Well, adventure. Yeah. That's it. That's for it. Destroy all children. Uh, Betty White's dead. Mission accomplished. We are now released from the shackles of this podcast. We're releasing white doves for every year of Betty White's life. <laughs> the the white doves died because I've been holding on to these since Abe Vigoda was still alive. <laughs> they fly up and just like get sucked into the turbine of the jet <laughs> going by. There was like a couple days after she died, one of the trending tags on Twitter was hashtag Betty White challenge. And the only thing that ever got me was having to watch all of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> you loved it, though. I did. I kind of did. I mean, it was real bad for like a while. I still suffered. And some of those movies ain't great, but I had a good time overall. I had a good time doing this, too, even though, you know, there were there were also times where doing the podcast is pretty difficult. And, and I am glad that we're wrapping it up. But yeah, 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 um, yeah. Overall, yeah. Uh, I think it's cool that we managed to finish it. Yes. I like, did the whole list. Yeah. As as I have gotten older, I have finished more things I have set out to do because what the fuck else am I going to do with my life? I might as well. Exactly. <laughs> Everything else has dead ended. I might as well be able to finish a podcast. Well. I'm uh, George Brundle for Larry Davis saying goodbye, dinosaurs. The never-ending story. I must put it on my preferred reading list. I must put it on my preferred reading list. Did anybody check in there? Yo! Maybe he's hiding in one of these books! Yo, Balthazar! (laughs) Yo! Maybe he's hiding in one of these books! Yo, Balthazar! <laughs> when I get my hands on that slippery weasel, I'm gonna rock his world. When I get my hands on that slippery weasel, I'm gonna rock his world. Big man, Balthazar. Balthazar. What a big man you are. Balthazar. Big man, Balthazar. Balthazar. What a big man you are. Balthazar. Yo! Maybe he's hiding in one of these books! Yo, Balthazar! <laughs> Yo! Maybe he's hiding in one of these books! Yo, Balthazar! <laughs> well, I think it'd only be right we personally escort you to the men's room. Well, I think it'd only be right we personally escort you to the men's room. Come on, guys. Balthazar sister's right upstairs. Yo! Maybe he's hiding in one of these books! Yo, Balthazar! Balthazar. (laughs) Yo! Maybe he's hiding in one of these books! Yo, Balthazar! Balthazar. (laughs) Yo! Maybe he's hiding in one of these books! Yo, Balthazar! Balthazar. (laughs) Yo! Maybe he's hiding in one of these books. Yo, Balthazar. Balthazar. Yup, it's Gremlins time.